they've stood forever and will stand eternally, and uh, those are the only promises that can truly be that way. I can uh, promise you all I can, and I'll do my best to, to keep them. I, I assure you that I'll do my best, but I'll never be able to do what God can, and he's never made a promise that he can't keep, so thankful we can stand on his promises. So this morning we'll begin a, a series of messages on concerning discipleship, and it's more, maybe more of a teaching time or period for us to, to learn together and grow together, and I'm excited about that, considering previously I had actually used even a book I'm studying right now by Pastor Paul Chapel. I'd used that to study in conjunction with, with my own study to prepare discipleship lessons in uh, a Sunday school class in our previous church. And so God's put that on my heart to begin here, and um, I don't know, like I said, I've got quite a few, so we'll see how long that goes, but um, excited, and maybe you've never heard, what does discipleship mean, what, what, what are you talking about, well, we're going we're to talk about all that, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to learn and grow together in this. The main, uh, I guess, verse we need to look at will be out of the book of Acts, chapter number 1. I want to look there first in the study of discipleship before we go into explaining things or talking about things, studying things. We're going to look first in Acts 1. We find that this is the birth of the New Testament church, the church that we're part of today, this body of Christ. This is the birth of the New Testament church. We find our Lord Jesus giving some words and giving a commission to his disciples as he ascends to heaven. And in verse number 8, he says, Be, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses under me, me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. What that's saying is to his disciples, when he says there, ye shall be witnesses into, unto me. He is giving a commission to his people to share his truth, to share his word, to share who he is and what he's done for, him, for them with the world. That's, that's essentially discipleship. Making disciples, disciples making disciples. It is a reproductive system. That essentially, as people are saved, they grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ and they learn more and their ministry in their life, whether it's at work, whether it's behind the pulpit, whether it's at church, whatever their ministry is, whatever their service is, it's seeing others be saved, making disciples. Essentially, discipleship means follow Jesus and be like him, denying yourself and personal gain along the way. Say, so, well, that's where I'm at. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be a better follower of Christ. Right. Well, you got to be like him. Right. And to be like him, that means to deny yourself yeah. and, and also deny your personal gain. Like I said in Sunday school, I have goals and I have things that I want to achieve and things I want to do, things I want to have, things I want to see Riley have one day. But... And I believe that if, God, if it's God's will, I'll have those things. But it's also most important in my life as a Christian 
that I am a witness of him first and foremost. What's the purpose of this series? What are, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to learn? What are we going to look at as we study through these scriptures? Maybe God in your life wants to identify spiritual needs. What can we learn and grow from spiritually to become a better disciple of Christ? Assuming you know him, discipleship is you learning more about him. You learning more about his word. You learning more about truth. You learning more about practice. You learning more about knowledge of him, wisdom that he can provide. That's what essentially, if, if you need to spiritually grow, maybe this series can, can help you do that. Maybe it can identify a scriptural calling in your life. It was this kind of stuff, it was this kind of knowledge, these kind of learning that I did in my life that God used those scriptures. God used that truth. God used that growth in my life to show me I've got a, I've got a greater purpose for you. Maybe that's what it is in your life. Maybe it's learning just the simple parts of God, God's plan and how they work together. Maybe that's where we're at. But this morning we want to talk about who we were before Christ. Before you can be a disciple, you've got to understand the conversion that it takes for you to become a disciple. There are too many people in the world that want to be disciples without being redeemed. There are too many people that want to claim the banner and the cause of Christ and they don't have it within them. They don't have the knowledge of Jesus, but yet they want to be a disciple. No wonder you're not going anywhere. If that's the case in your life, there's no wonder you, you're spinning your wheels. There's some people that, uh, that maybe what's holding them back is not just maybe not their knowledge of Christ. Maybe they do know him. Maybe they're saved believers, but they, they, they don't spend the time they need in this word. That's vital. The more time I spend in his word, the better I feel in life. I'll tell you what, these have been a couple, couple weeks for me. past two weeks have been a little difficult. I'll be honest with you. My family knows it. It's been a little bit hard for me. More than anything, more than my job stresses me, more than life stresses me, more than anything stresses me, not being at church has, has bothered me. I tell you what, and then being at home, even with just the word, sometimes I feel that, that in my heart that, oh, I've got what I need from his word, but then also there are times where I needed to be at church. Without that, even with the word, even with prayer, it, doesn't, it hasn't all came full circle. We must understand who we were before Christ. What, what may be in your life? Where are you? Maybe you're lost. There's certainly that circumstance. I'm afraid too many times we open this book and preach from a pulpit and close this book and go home, and we've got lost people sitting there. Are you spiritually hardened? I tell you what, I'm there a lot, spiritually. I just get hard to the world. I get hard to things. I get hard to people. And, I, and I, I don't like being that way, but that's just what it is. That's the way it is. Are you confused in your life? Well, I believe these things can help us. And we're going to look at today, we're going to look at who we were before Christ. If you're lost, maybe this is where you're at. If you're spiritually hardened, maybe it can remind you of where you used to be. And if you're confused, maybe it can answer questions of where you need to be going. First off, who we were before Christ, we were spiritually blinded. 
2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. How in the world do we know God before we're saved? How in the world can that take place? It takes a light being shown upon us. It takes a light being shined before us. It takes us seeing the light. That old song, I saw the light, that was written for a reason. It took someone witnessing and seeing that light for them to not be blind. You know what it means to be blind? Have you ever thought about that? I was thinking about that the other day. I don't remember what it was that made me think about it, but it was someone that was blind that I knew of. And I thought, you know, that man has never even seen his wife's face. That man has never even seen his children with his eyes. They're in, in physical blindness, we are, of course, able to do our other senses are more attuned. But being blind, you don't even know the difference. You know, you know have you ever thought about it like that? You don't, if you're, if you're blind from birth... You don't even know the difference. You don't know what it was like to see things. You don't know what it was like to look upon your loved ones. You don't know what the mountains look like. You don't know what the river flowed like. You don't know what that looked like from your eyes. When we are born into this world, we are born into this world in sin. Our flesh, we are blind from the beginning. It's not like an old dog goes blind and then runs into everything. Or a horse or a mule goes blind. You just... You shoot, you got to shoot it. If you're planning on working with it, you're you going to go ride a blind horse? I don't know. They have other senses, but I'd say a blind animal is not, not what, exactly what you need, what you want. But we're, but we're born spiritually blind. We don't know any difference. We're not worth anything to anyone spiritually. And if God did what we deserved, he'd just take us out behind the barn and, and be done with it. But thankfully, he's offered another way. When we are spiritually blind, as this scripture says in 2 Corinthians, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. That is the only way out of spiritual blindness. It's the light of Christ. You know what being spiritually blind means and entails? It means you're probably hardened to these things of this old world. Have you noticed how this culture goes and how this culture is, is, is so wicked and evil? And it has been for years, but we see today through the prevalence of, of different things. I mean, used to, you'd watch something on TV, you know, those, those old TV shows, an old, uh, old Western or an old show or something like that, and it was just things were hinted at. You knew that that person died. You knew that that person, something happened to them. You'd see uh, maybe the aftermath of something. We don't live in that world anymore. You watch something on TV for five minutes and the wickedness. Of, there is no, there's nothing left to the imagination. I mean, the kind of mess that's put out there on TV, it's not worth watching anymore. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a shame. If I watch something, it's probably from the 50s or the 60s. I, like, I mean, just to be honest with you, I watch old TV shows uh, when I watch TV. It's a shame the type of mess that's out there today. I mean, nothing's, nothing's left, and, and, but we're blinded. The, the people out there in the world, they're, they're blind, but yet they have this exposure to things, and these things we're letting into our mind, the horrors of the world, the things that we, we shouldn't see with our eyes, the things that, that we shouldn't put into our mind, the things that, that used to, it was just something people didn't talk about. It's all over TV. 
It's not even just in the movies anymore. Used to, you'd have to go to the movie house and you'd have to be with a, with a grown-up or you'd have to be a grown-up yourself to see some of this mess. But that's being poured into our minds. We have no, there, there, no wonder that people are so, so hard to the world because there's just such constant ungodliness filtered and poured, in, poured into the minds. And it makes spiritual blindness worse because the more you see of the world, the more you like of the world, it doesn't surprise me at all the stuff these people do and the stuff they're into, the things they like, the, the, the way that, that people want to talk about, well, we got to do this or we got to do that to be able to be inclusive to people or we got to do this or do that to make sure that they're ta- these people are, we, they know that we're supporting them. But you let a church get shot up by somebody. You don't hear anything hardly about it. There's no calls for action um, when that happens. Christian people are persecuted and killed or uh, elderly people are, are hurt and, and, and killed and things happen. I mean, drunk drivers and abortion. You don't hear about that kind of stuff being, uh, being heinous or evil. Being spiritually blind means you're hardened to, to the true injustice in the world. That's a bad place to be. And the only way to see anything different is by the light of Christ. People are so blinded spiritually and they've let so much into their minds and culture and the world we live in has allowed so much stuff to be put out there. Standards are gone. There used to be standards for the types of things that was was allowed in the public domain. There used to be standards for things that people would see or listen to or hear or uh, people would say on the radio, even, even stuff you heard on the radio. You couldn't say this or couldn't say that. You had to go searching, looking for something. But we live in this culture where people are already spiritually blind. And then we just pour this more and more mess into them. We wonder why people do what they do. They're searching for an answer. And that light shines on them. And although that light can seek and save, but there's so much to backtrack, I, my, my, my age group growing up, so much. Sure. I think especially by the time I got out of, uh, well, going to lesser elementary school, you know, it was pretty small town. I knew everybody. Everybody knew me. It was great. I mean, it was the picture of a good growing up, good school to go to. It was wonderful. I knew all my teachers. They were all from the community. But I remember getting into middle school and high school, and you start getting the influences from other areas and influences from other people in, in these school systems. And I remember thinking, my goodness, this is crazy. Type of stuff that I, that I dealt with and saw in middle school that it was late high school before my parents did. It was college before my parents saw it. it was, uh, you were 30 before some of you saw these kind of things. I mean, it's, it's wild what's put into the minds of these young people. And as Christian church people, we need to realize where we were when God found us we were spiritually blind, and he wiped away that blindness. The light of the Lord Jesus Christ through salvation opened up our eyes to be able to see his truth and his power. We have to first and foremost remember where we used to be, and that was spiritually blind. Next, we're lost in sin and guilty before God. This is one thing you'll find. People have such a hard time accepting Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He's not coming looking for anyone who's arrived. 
He's not coming looking for the high and mighty. He's not coming looking for those that have figured things out by their own understanding. He's looking for those who were lost. When we are spiritually blind, that means we're lost. If you're blind, you need some, some sort of other mechanism to help guide. You see people, they use a walking stick or they have a dog to, to guide them. They have other methods of, of, of being able to, to walk and carry out their daily tasks and, and, and daily activities. But in a spiritual nature, there's none of that. You're just wandering around. If you're spiritually blind, you're just walking and hoping you're not about to walk off a cliff or fall into a hole or run into a nasty animal or something like that happen to you. We're lost in sin and we're guilty before God. He is seeking to save those which are lost. That's what he's looking for. That's those that are spiritually blind. It's those that don't know him. John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. So not only are we just lost, but we're guilty before God. One of the biggest lies that people have been sold today in the world we live in is you're a good person. You're a good person. I, I've met some people that honestly are, are the salt of the earth, wonderful people, but they're people just like I am. They're sinful, they're ungodly, like I am. They have to deal with that. None of us are truly arrived to any level where we deserve any recognition for who we are. But it's only through Christ that we're anything at all. And without him, we are guilty before a just and holy God. Amen. That's the thing I think about being saved. And I think about what God's done for me through salvation. What that means is that he's welcomed me into his family. He is perfection. He is salvation. He is redemption. And he's allowed me into that family. I was lost. I was blind. I was guilty before him. I was eight years old, seven or eight years old when I got saved. I hadn't had much time to go out and do much nothing. Matter of fact, it was after I'd been saved, I made, in my mind, more mistakes in my life than I did before. That's a mind-blowing fact. Thankfully, God forgives and washes me clean, but understanding that I was lost, and, and if I had died, I went home on a Wednesday night. Papa had preached, Lester Baptist Church, went home on a Wednesday night, and I got in the bed, and I thought, I'm going to die and go to hell tonight. I had that on me. Here I am. I'm seven, eight years old, just a little kid. I'm going to die and burn in hell. That next day, September of the 11th, 2003, I settled in my heart. Lord, I want to be a part of your family. I don't want to be blind anymore. I'm guilty. Well, you were just a kid. That's another thing that happens. These people with their college degrees and all this smart whatever nonsense they've got in their mind they will try to convince young people you don't need to change you're just you're just a young person you're just living life I assure you had I died without making things right with with the Lord I was going to hell because I had come to that age of accountability I was lost I was blind and thankfully he was seeking to save me he was looking for me we're headed to eternal for eternal damnation before God we're headed for eternal damnation. Revelation 20:15 says, And whosoever was, was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's eternal damnation, friend. Yeah. 
That's forever. That is eternal. You know, you want to know how long eternity is? That's forever and ever and ever with no end. Eternal torment. Like your entire existence is wiped from any record ever in remembrance. Nothing. You say, well, that's God's evil if he thinks like that. No, he's a just God because we all deserve it. And he's offered a way out. This is simple stuff. But the basis of this whole, this whole series has to start with who we are before God. As I said, there are too many people that want to be disciples without being redeemed. Too many people that are sold this lie of you know and you, you just, God is who God is to you. God is who is God. God is who I make him to be. That's not the case. God is God. He's who he is in this word forevermore. He is the same to Moses as he is to you, Papa. He's the same to, to, to Isaac as he is to me. He's the same to Rebecca as he is to any of you. He is God. I don't get to make him into what I want him to be. I don't get to twist this word into what I want it to be. I'm afraid there are too many people that they start out their, their relationship with God without any kind of basis. And what happens, and this is where I'm getting into the, the point of this message. I'm afraid in churches what's happened is too many people have gotten, they've came and they've professed salvation, and we leave it there. All right, they're saved. And we expect them just to know, just to know how to live and how to do things. Now there's a sense of spiritual guidance. If you are truly saved, you will have spiritual guidance inside of you. God will convict you of things. The Spirit will deal with you about wrongdoing. God will come to you and show you your wrongdoing and things you need to work on. That'll happen. Spirit, if you, if you know the Lord, it'll happen. I promise you. It happens to me a lot. There will be spiritual blessings in your life if you're saved. You don't ever pick up, study, learn, grow, nothing. If you truly know the Lord, there's, God will bless you. But you cannot achieve your full potential. I've heard it said, and I'll say it. I would hate to think the only thing I'd ever done in my Christian life was be saved. There's so much more to it. That's the point of this whole thing is that understanding and knowing who we were before God, who we are now, and who we can go to be. Too many people get saved. They walk back to their pew, and we don't do anything past that. They don't think about it like this. I've never flown on an airplane. I am not too fond of getting in an airplane. I'll just tell you, you can barely drive on the road without getting killed. So to me, to get that high up in the air, I'm scared of it. But I tell you what, if there was a pilot that was flying me and I really trusted them, I would be more apt to do it. That pilot, when he decided he wanted to become a pilot, I assure you he didn't just go get behind the, the joystick and just say, all right, I'm going to take off. No, no, no. No, sir, no, ma'am. That did not happen. He went through some serious training for that to take place. I remember when Osama bin Laden was killed. They sent in the, the United States Navy SEALs, SEAL Team 6. They're supposed to be the baddest boys our military have. I guarantee you they didn't just hand them a pea shooter and say, you go take care of Osama bin Laden. It took a long time to track him down. They had to do some training. 
to be able to achieve what they achieved. How in the world do you expect your spiritual life to ever bear any fruit without you doing some training? How can you fly the plane of your spiritual life? How can you uh, take care of, 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 of those, those giants in your life without doing a little bit of training? Understand and know where you were before God. These are new beginnings. This is new beginnings for you spiritually. This is a time for you spiritually. I, I believe this is what God's got on my heart is this is a time maybe we can all reset and think about where we were before him. Where are we going tomorrow? This, as I was studying this, the story was told, an illustration given. If you find an apple with a wormhole, it does not mean that there is a worm inside the apple. It simply means that an insect laid an egg in the apple blossom. Sometime later, the worm hatched in the, art, in the heart of the apple, then it ate its way out. Sin is the very blossom of our human nature. Like the worm, it begins in the heart and works its way out through our thoughts, words, and actions. What we see coming out of, what we see coming out of us has been born on the inside. To be able to achieve things in your life, you must deal with the things on the inside first. Here's what we'll do in this, in this series. We'll talk about your role as a Christian in studying God's Word. We'll talk about your role as a Christian in the church. We'll talk about your calling in life, whatever God's allowed and asked you to do. Thanks for paying attention, Riley. <laughs> whatever it is God's called you to do in your life. We'll talk about some of the doctrinal truths of God's word. But most importantly, you must have dealt with the things on the inside. I like that il illustration because Everything that spews from our mouth, everything that spews from our actions, it comes from our heart. It comes from inside. It comes from who we are in the deepest, darkest places. And part of discipleship is preparing your heart to serve so that what comes out is good and fruitful. Understand who we are, who we were before Jesus came. And I hope this hasn't been a flop. I hope it ain't been a dud but understand the truth of who we were before him. I want to tackle this. I want to climb this mountain. I want to be the pilot. I want to be the, 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 the spiritual special ops. I want to be the strongest person I can be. I want to be the, the best singer. I want to be the best prayer warrior. I want to be the best preacher. Settle in your heart first and foremost. Remember who you were before God. Settle in your heart. What what. Make what you want inside so that what comes out is genuine and true. These are new beginnings. These are new beginnings. I pray that we can take these things to heart. It's all God's given me this morning. Remember, consider, we're spirit, we were spiritually blind before God. We were sinful and we were found guilty. Do you ever think about that? The only time... The devil was right about you as before you were saved when he said that one right there that one's evil that one's mine that one's my child i'm going to take him with me he was right because he was taking us with him 
But when God intervened and that light was shown upon you and that light was shown upon me, that changed everything. Everything he said has since been a lie. And if it's been true, it's been washed away with the blood. We can't have true discipleship with remembering where we are before God. And we need to settle today. What's inside, we need to make it right. We need to make it just and let God make it holy in our lives. The key to discipleship begins with being redeemed. As we go through and as we study these things, I hope and pray this will be a blessing, but remember throughout, thankful that God redeemed, God saved. We were heading for that lake of fire as I read. And as that scripture says, but ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Acts 1. My goal in life may not be in, may be may not be these big things out there in the world that I'll go achieve. I'm fine without that. I'm a homebody anyway. But this commission in Acts 1:8 is given to all. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You know what that means? Everywhere you go, everything you do, everyone you see, everyone you talk to, everyone you look at, everyone you run, run into, you're a witness to them. That's your commission. Thankfully, he just allows me to be part of that. I don't deserve that. That'll, we'll probably reread that as we go through this scripture because that's the, the purpose and the goal. But first and foremost, let's remember who we were before him. Does anyone have anything on their heart this morning? <clears throat>